Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Geeks Gabus, you've had the weekend to watch every single episode of Daredevil on Netflix. That's 13 episodes all in one bunch. And you know what? If you haven't binge watched those episodes, you shouldn't be listening to this because I've got Ian Kerner here with me. And this is the special all Daredevil, double D's, supersized uh, podcast where we're going to be talking about uh, those 13 episodes. And I'm going to argue that this is Marvel's best work to date, even though I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan. I love that first Iron Man movie. I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. every week. I love Peggy Carter. Um, I watch all that stuff. I'm a big Marvel fan. But Daredevil blew me away. Ian, I know it's not a horse race. Like I said online, and I think you agreed with, there are people who don't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There are people who don't like some of the Marvel films. To me, I say, hey, just like in comics... Different writers, different artists, same universe. Yeah, and which is great. And it's no more apparent than in the opening minutes of this Daredevil series in episode one, when they're talking about Hell's Kitchen not being the Clinton, the nice, spoofy uh, Clinton uh, that we know, which is what Hell's Kitchen is today in New York. Which all of us were saying, how are they going to do yeah. Hell's Kitchen? How are it's they going to make so Hell's much. Kitchen? Hell's Kitchen isn't a nice place now. It is a nice it, place. It is a nice yeah. place now. It's, it's now Clinton. It's a, it's a nice place. Uh, it's not the 70s and 80s Hell's Kitchen uh, of the Frank Miller uh, run. But guess what? The incident, which is the battle right. at the end of the first Avengers battle movie. Battle of New York. Yeah. Battle of New York has turned Hell's Kitchen into what uh, it's supposed to be. And, uh, and, and this is a place that has crime. It's got some uh, tenement buildings. It's got, you know, uh, it's overrun by, by crime families. And you see it really yeah. early on. I think uh, uh, it's really awesome how this was uh, interwoven with the rest of the Marvel movies. Not as in-depth as some of the other stuff, but I like that. I like that this is very much a distinct corner of the Marvel Universe, and it well, well, is it, really clear very it's quickly. It's street level, and that's exactly the conversation that you know was always had about Daredevil. Daredevil is the street-level guy. You know, I mean, not to go off on a tangent about Spider-Man, but that was the argument. Spider-Man always felt he was more street-level, and then he was asked to be in the Avengers, you know? Uh, and, 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 but, but, I mean, what about, like, the 70s and 80s? Like, like right. Spider-Man... Goes and gets a cosmic suit midway through the 80s. Yeah. And he's no longer arguably street level at that point. And plus well, he had... Well, he had the cosmic suit for a minute. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's two issues. But man. when he's in these crossovers, when Spider-Man becomes so stratospherically popular that he's part of Secret Wars and, he, and, and all this stuff happens to him, uh, he's no longer that street level right. character. And he's also, he, he's also a kid. 
And if you're going to do something street level, well, he's been in the comics for a long time. But well, I'm talking about the 70s. But he had that useful take on it, yeah. And I'm in in Doodle, even in the 70s, he's long been in college. <laughs> yeah, he already Spider-Man. he already had a dead yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm saying not not to go off on a tangent, right. but Feige's now talking about how okay, Sp- the new Spider-Man in the MCU's going to be the teenager, and they didn't really spend enough time on that. It's going to be Peter you Parker. Know, he's going to yeah, be a yeah, teenager. But, but, but here's where I have to call bullshit because he was only in high school in the comics for two years. That's right. Not even. That's right. Okay, so it's like it's very little of his history. Like, it's like within the first twenty issues. And I, and I, I mean, starting college in issue twenty-eight. And we'll see what they do in Mar- the Marvel universe, but I don't see him being in high school beyond two movies. I mean, I would hope not, because I mean, again, there's the point: is you know, you only have so much time, and really, most of the history of the character is out of high school. And part of that so Kevin Feige quote that. on Spider-Man was that there has been a teenager running around in a uh, homemade Spider-Man suit. Right. During concurrently with the events of Daredevil, with the events of Avengers, etc., and we're going to catch we up. We just to haven't him. seen it. We just haven't. And again, seen it. and it makes sense because he is street level. Because notwithstanding what you were just saying, Spider-Man was street level right. for so long. In rooftop you know? level, right? Point being that street level versus the cosmic ship. Which brings us to Daredevil. And again, guys, I can't emphasize this enough. I've got Ian here, and you know how he rolls. So if you have not seen. Every single one of these 13 episodes of Daredevil, we're about to go in places that are not safe, uh, which is, I think, appropriate to the Daredevil show because... It's not safe. Holy crap, is this a hard R? Yeah. I was... I, it wasn't I was, a hard R. Wait, back up a wait second. Wait a minute. There's some language. There's no nudity. It's the not really bloody. Is, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's there violent. Is, there is brain on the side of a dumpster. Yes, in one episode. The, the, there's, listen, there's, there's definitely brain some graphic violence. There's there, definitely some graphic violence. It's intense. Yeah, it's a hard R, yeah, buddy. But, but, I know you work in post, and I know they sometimes make you trim things down for censors. But this is a hard R. It's an R. There are people. Uh, it's not a hard the, R. Uh, the needle is going into someone, injecting themselves with heroin. Yes, yes, okay. It's a hard R. Hey, I it's awesome. I didn't see any TNA. And it is awesome. <laughs> Guys, the, uh, I know when, when Stephen Knight, and in in, in, he's the showrunner on this one, uh, when they started doing the publicity for it, they said, you know, Jeff Loeb said this is a very much. Uh, part of the same universe, but it is very different tonally. Yeah, and I thought to myself, dark. sure, I'm going to have some people get some teeth knocked out. You know, it's going to be violent. Uh, no. Uh, watch the end of, season, uh, of episode four, where, as I described to a friend without giving spoilers to, but we can do spoilers, is when you finally see the kingpin get pissed and put his hands that, on that, somebody. That, that, that was pretty intense. My wife couldn't look at the screen. Yeah, yeah. And the sound effects were bad enough to her. No, no. The, the, sa- the, the sound pin. effects of the, of the car on the head were awesome. He puts somebody's head in a car and keeps trying to close the door on it until the head is gone. Yeah. And it's, it's the best depiction of the Kingpin by far we've ever seen outside of the comics. It is the comics. Yes. I thought Vincent D'Onofrio was... Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible in this role. On another level. And here's the thing. It is the comics, but... They stay within the realm of what's real for a guy that does not have superpowers, which has always been the issue with the Kingpin. Right. Spider-Man goes to hit him, and he stops and whatever else, and it's like, you know, and there was at one point in the comics that said, oh, Peter's holding back. Right. I mean, you know, against Daredevil, yes, great, he's a big mountain of muscle. He's still human. Right. You know, this guy's a, a big, strong guy who picks people up by the neck, throws them around. But, you know, and not to get ahead, but I like that they did this thing about, you know, okay, he actually has a suit with some Kevlar in it. Because yeah. 
he's not like some unrealistic slashed. level. Yeah, he gets slashed and it protects him, and it's obviously going to take some hits, you know. So you know, I mean, there's a reason why if he's getting hit a bunch of times, he's fine. Right. You know, which in the comics wasn't wasn't the case. He's still super he strong. He does right. flip a stone table. Right. He's uh, really he does, strong. He super does, implies superpowers. He does pick men up. Yeah, by the throat. No, uh, he, he just, he's a big, he strong just, guy. He just picks them up and chunks them. Yeah, he's a big, strong guy. Um, where do you want to start? Because we have 13 episodes. We have a ton of characters. We have a ton of storylines, uh, which a lot of that is like the accomplishment of the show. Yeah, it's great. They, well, they get really deep into well, even well, some of the minor well, characters. Well, let's, let's, let's talk. You know, you were talking about how it's, it's the best uh, thing that Marvel's done. And, and, and not in arguing my, in it. In my opinion. You know, and I'm not arguing it. But, you know, it's... And I don't want to go off, off too long on this about, you know the differences in in genres and all that. But, you know, I've said for a long time, you've heard me say this, I'm a huge feature film lover, but, you know, what's happened in television is more long-form entertainment. Um, You have, used to be TV was a little bit more um, shallow in the sense of, you know, storylines weren't as deep. The serialized nature goes for, yeah. Well, I mean, I've often, listen, there are definitely examples from before it, but, since the Sopranos, it, it, everything it, things stepped up a notch, right? Right. And and certainly we get that more in cable. You know, you, you often hear um, shows on broadcast lamenting, oh, they don't have a shot at the Emmys because they have to do twenty two episodes and to do really good character arcs, you know, over one season, twenty two episodes, they're really rushed. And a cable show has you know the same amount of time to do less episodes so they can develop, develop it better. Right. Um, in fact, The Good Wife, which is a good show, not genre. You know, but does get nominated, and I've literally read articles of writers specifically saying, "Well, it's not really fair." Okay, whatever. You know, point being that when we compare Daredevil to to the films, when we compare Daredevil even to Agents of Shield, it's actually it it has exactly what I'm saying. It's it's 13 episodes. It's on Netflix. It's not for broadcast. Um, our friend Leo had made a comment, and it's very, you know, very accurate. They don't have to deal with commercials, so they don't have to do the act breaks. Yeah. You know, where they ramp it up and ramp it down. You know, for people that watch you know, shows that are normally on broadcast on something like Netflix, yeah. you know, you might not re- recognize or pay attention to what the beats are. But those beats are about, oh, we're about to go to commercial. Now we're back from commercial. Let's get a cliffhanger. Let's get yeah, a small yeah. cliffhanger going. So, so, Agents so this of Netflix does show... It has that cinematic quality of not doing that, okay? But at the same time, it has the time to develop things. You know, now I've gotten spoiled with these shows that, you know, have, you know, long-form narrative. And I find, and it, it's not fair, that I tell, you know, features can't compete because they have that three-act structure. Right. You know, it's, okay, we set up this great thing, we set up this universe, now we have to end the story. And so it's always going to feel a little bit shallow. It's always going to feel like, all right, it's just a snippet. You've heard me say often, what I love about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the MCU has been, okay, we get these movies, even when we're getting three or four of them in a year, it's still just, you know, this story element that are happening in the background. In a shared universe, you need something that's connecting the dots, and that's what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does so well. Yeah. But this is, this is a different thing. You, as I said in, in, in the comments, you know, on, on your Facebook post is, it's not that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sucks in comparison to this. It's just, it's a different flavor. It's a totally different flavor. You know, I, when I was reading uh, Frank Miller's run on Daredevil originally when it came out, and I loved it, it was so great, and it was at the top of my list. It didn't mean I didn't also read Secret Wars. Right. It didn't mean I didn't also read uh, X-Men. 
you know, the completely different books that came out in the same week, right? Yeah. But just totally different. Shared universe, still you know, certain things were affected, but just totally different. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the sake of just how great this is, that, you know, that it plays the way it does, um, yeah, there, there's just no comparison. The other thing that I wanted to mention is the Netflix model, which is something that, for someone like me, it's something I struggle with. Of course I binge watch it, and I'm glad we're doing what we're doing, but I miss the water cooler of to be able to talk after every episode. This is the water cooler. No, and, and it's great. Um, it's all at once. It's a binge water cooler. There are, it's a water trough. There are people I know that are very you know, prominent on Twitter, and I finally yeah. went on because you guys gave me shit about it. Um, and I was laughing because people are making comments about story points while they're watching, which yeah. is what they do. But they're not, you know, it's different when you do it because the show aired. But on Netflix, you're doing it while you're watching, and I'm already way fucking ahead of you, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, so I stay I stayed off of Netflix. I, was, I played it safe for the most part. You stayed off of Twitter, yeah, or uh, yeah. On, on Twitter, knowing I, that I like, only went on after I was, I was like, done, and yeah. uh, and someone we know made a comment about, oh, Ben Yurick was so great, Ronnie Curtis Hall is amazing. Can't wait to see him oh, in Spider Man. Yeah, he needs to be in Spider Man, and I just said, you know, very tongue in cheek, because I knew the people that already finished it would get the joke. Yeah. of yeah, not gonna happen. And I had some people go, why, why won't you tell us? Why would you I say said, that this actor is not going to be in Yeah, in why, 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 why not? Why not? Why, tell us, tell us. And I said, well... Why don't you I, keep watching? I, no, I didn't say that. Because it would I didn't want to employ right. it. Right. Yeah. So I said, tune in to our podcast tomorrow and I'll discuss it. And, oh my God, Doc Hollywood now. You're you so, become you're such an ass, You're such an egomaniac. Why don't you and shut up and watch the show? You and as I said, I said, I actually said to, you know, to our friend FJ, I said, FJ, why don't you go back and watch the show? What do you think I'm doing? My reply was, well, it sounds like you're just you know, masturbating while you're you know, on Twitter. And FJ, so, if you haven't watched the show, the, the full 13 episodes, and you're listening to this, you then just, you're a fucking you just, moron. You just fucked yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because, because bottom line is they kill Ben Yurk. Which, I, even when it's happening... I, Laura is like they—they're not going to kill him, are they? And right. I, said, I said he is a major character, major character in the Marvel universe, and he's dead. He's dead. They kill him in episode but, twelve, but, but, and but, it is like but, 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 unforgiving. So, so I, I thought about this a lot. They kill a lot of characters. They kill a lot of characters that are shocking. Leland Owlsley goes on his I, final. I, I'm flight. not sure if he's dead or not. I would love for him not to be dead because he's. He went phenomenal. down a shaft, but it wasn't that high. We saw the owl fly. It's true. Good joke. And but, we have seen a few characters but, who I, but, thought, but like, wait, I wait, thought a couple but, characters but, were but dead. But Mel- Melvin Potter killed. was making him a suit. You're right. Okay. And what if he ends up in an exoskeleton? Now he can have his quote-unquote superpowers. His claws. His Right. Because that, that's originally what that was with the owl. Right. I love the Melvin Potter character. And I did tweet you. Awesome. I, I did text back and forth awesome. with you on the Melvin yes. Potter character. I think that is perfect casting. Especially. Yes. That is... The, uh, the the Alex that's Maleev. Great. That's the Alex Maleev depiction of yes, that yes, character. Yes. Like that, that actor. What's the name of the actor? Uh, Matt Gerald. He looks like yeah. Melvin Potter from the Alex Maleev. And mind you, he shaved stuff. his head and grew the beard. He doesn't normally look like that, but he was perfect. He's a big guy. And, and he was absolutely perfect. And he played like he was a little bit on the spectrum there at the end. Yeah, like, he was fantastic. Like, he was awesome. And you felt for him, and you could see how he plays both sides. Uh, yeah. Both he makes suits for the villains, he makes suits for the good guys, but he's terrorized. And he, every now and then, if he snaps, he's going to start throwing saw blades at people, well, well, which know, is what the gladiator does. You know, well, Did you catch the stilt man in the background? Yes, yes. He well, makes stilt like stilt well, man exists what, in this gritty. What hard the R show's do- doing that's great is, and this is what makes it a great adaptation is, it's taking pieces of things and it's changing the order of some stuff 
to make it work into it, it into its its story. Right. Um, you know, with Melvin Potter in the comics, he was Gladiator first. Right. And then he started doing the costume stuff as part of his therapy. And then there's a point where, okay, after doing the costume, he goes puts the Gladiator suit back on again. Yeah. But ends up he can't really do it. You know, that's in the Miller the run. Bru- right? The Brubaker stuff. And then it's later in the in Miller Bru- run. And then later in Brubaker and Believe, they, yeah. they have him as the Gladiator, and he's completely troubled and dysfunctional. Exactly, exactly. And I think being forced to be the Gladiator again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. So, you know, this is it's really interesting to see that he's, he's designing the suit, and he has this thing, but he's already in therapy. But, but there's something very real world about that. Like... You know, the idea that a guy, you know, just suddenly goes and puts the costume on without having some of these major issues probably diagnosed earlier in life is not yeah. very realistic, you know, yes. in the real world, right? And I do like, and I know, I know we have a friend who was uh, critical of the black suit, uh, and you guys know now at the end that, yes, he is only in the red suit for the last 15 minutes of yeah. the actual series. Which made me, oh God. But you guys know that... There's going to be a Daredevil second season. There is. We're going to see the Defenders. Yes. He may pop into a few Maybe of these he'll be next in Jessica Jones. Maybe he'll be in Jessica Jones. Iron Fist's setup is all over this series. All over it. And uh, we're going to see a lot more of the red suit. Yeah. The only th- thing I didn't like about how much the black suit was in it was San Diego Comic Con is going to be insufferable <laughs> this summer. This summer, like... It's the easiest costume to oh, make. Oh, Laura went to buy pantyhose. They're already sold out. Like, <laughs> like San Diego Comic Con is going to be... Brutal this summer. Yeah. Even the people who should be dressed like Kingpin at San Diego Comic Con are going to grab pantyhose and be dressed like Fat Murdoch. Like it's going to be a problem. Yep. And we're going to get a ton of Jared Leto jokers. I'm saying, you know, all, all it is, you know, obviously we're, it's just an audio podcast. You know, I, I was tempted to to wear, you know, a, a black compression shirt and, and, and pants. And just pantyhose. So just gonna, yeah, yeah. I put them on for you, but I, I didn't do it. But um, I mean, you know, yeah. I like the black suit. It? I thought it was badass. There's so much Frank Miller in this series. What's great about it, and and, and, and the gloves well is. It's just something you buy in a sporting goods store. You know, it he, makes so he, much he's wearing sense. tactical boots, tactical gloves. He didn't a buy compression them in a sporting store. He got them off the internet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but no, you're exactly right. But I'm saying the point is, is that it's not a special costume. Right. He's just putting on something practical to go do this. Um, the writing, which I, I think right, that leads phenomenal. us to the writing. The writing is phenomenal. Well, the, yeah. the, I, I was just saying that how, how cl- they cleverly pull from different sources of the comics and everything else and yet they craft their own story amazing you know, they put it together in such a great way it's um, a tapestry of all the things you loved about daredevil over the last 40 years right but 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 they know exactly you know look we're talking about how long it takes for him to get into the red suit and the last episode is actually called daredevil he's not daredevil the entire first season yeah he's just as vigilante he's not daredevil until the, the last th- this is this is argue. daredevil begins this is year one or actually month one. Right. I mean, this is truly, it, it's the man without fear. It's really, we're seeing how this all happens. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, there are people that are common purists go, oh, they jumped all over the place. Like, well, right, because they took story elements. But yeah, they're taking from Frank Miller's run, which is, you know, the characters had already been around for 16, 17 mm-hmm. years before that run. There's some but, ultimate Daredevil Electra in here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, there's some stuff that uh, I, I love Episode eight, which is the origin of the Kingpin. I love that episode. Right. But which the majority of it is from Punisher Max when Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon did Punisher Max. Yes. Like the majority but, of that stuff, the but, origin but, of the Kingpin. But you know, Kingpin, one of the things I, I loved about awesome. that is, is I felt that it, it, it was an unusual thing is it felt very in continuity. Totally in continuity. You know? And the bully that, that was beating up on young Wilson Fisk 
Looks like a Steve Dillon piece of art. Yeah. <laughs> like, that guy looked like a Steve Dillon yeah, artwork. Yeah, casting was great. The, 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 uh, the, uh, like, Superman's mom who plays Vanessa in this looks like a Steve Dillon piece of artwork for some I of it. I love her, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. The casting was oh, amazing. And, and the Vanessa work they did, you know, taking, you know, I mean, everyone in, in this has a story arc, which is what you see in good writing. Right. I mean, there, there's even, you know, I mean, there's what you consider minor characters. These, all these characters are developing, and they're becoming who they are in the comics. You know, there was a characterization shift of Vanessa over the years in the comics from the, oh, you know, aren't you legitimate? And he was hiding who he was initially, and then eventually she actually gets involved. You know, with, with the criminal stuff. And she's that. What's that? She may be worse than him at some points. Yeah, at, at a certain point that happens. And, and you see that. You see that developing. You see she goes from she doesn't even want to be involved to she's supportive and encouraging him and you know, telling him what he can do and, you know, really propping him up. Um, I thought it was an interesting thing to do with his character. It's uh, what I call it's a little bit of the um, post, you know, the, the new 52 Lex Luthor of he actually thinks he's the hero initially. And, and a little, little nod to, you know, that, that little piece in Pulp Fiction about, you know, uh, the parable and, and who he sees himself as. Well, we, um, I know in interviews, and I know at the New York Comic Con, uh, I watched the New York Comic Con panel, and Vincent D'Onofrio and I think Stephen and I had been saying that both characters are going to exist in a gray area where Daredevil is sometimes going to be villainous, and, you, and, and, and sometimes you're going to see Wilson Fisk as the hero. He's definitely the hero in his own story. Right. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm the person consuming this, and I know the story, and I've known it for years, and Wilson Fisk is definitely the villain. I don't think in any of these comic book adaptations have they ever done a version of the villain thinking he's the hero that is as honestly... Like, this guy really thinks he's the hero. And for justified reasons does he yeah. think he's the hero yeah. in this. And Matt Murdock is not spotless. Matt Murdock is suffering, yeah. is, is, is completely tormented through some things. And they did such well, a great job of giving that weight. But also, I don't think Wilson Fisk realizes he's doing anything bad until the final scene in the car, in the truck, when, he, when he's being taken by the FBI. And, you re, and, and he tells this, the, the parable of the Good, the Good Samaritan. Samaritan yeah. And he's like... Oh my God, that is him realizing he is the bad guy. And he relishes it. Mm-hmm. But at that point, he really is trying to but, fix but, the city. But, but actually, it's more than that. It's not that he realizes he's the bad guy. He actually sees himself, talk about a God complex, as a force of nature. Right. He, he's evil itself. He's awesome. Right? He's uh, nominated for the TV Awards next spring or not? I mean, I certainly hope so. I, I mean, hope. He's, he's incredible. I, I was shocked by the level of acting in this thing. Not that I didn't think that the actors weren't capable of it, because obviously you've seen those actors and other things. Awesome. But the way that this was handled on every level was amazing. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock. He is absolutely Matt Murdock. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'm sure, obviously he dyed his hair or whatever, but I mean, like, you know, even just down to the smiling all the time, all of it, it's, he's Matt Murdock. Yeah. And, uh, like there's moments when you watch him, you know, I was literally having a conversation with, with my buddy Justin uh, yesterday talking about, you know, different characterizations, you know, because in the Miller run, it's very grim. And there were points in the Daredevil history where he's a little more happy-go-lucky. And like right now, everyone knows the identity, but, you know, he's kind of embracing it and sure. trying to be more happy and smiling yeah, and jumping, jumping around. Mark and happy. Exactly. Um, but you see those moments. You see that that's there. As haunted mm-hmm. as he is, mm-hmm. you, you see that in Charlie Cox. But then you also see the guy who can easily go to 11. Oh, yeah. In that dark part of him that he has to 
forcibly could like continue to, to tell himself to peel back from mm-hmm. was the was really interesting to me. I, I was like, well, the, 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 I mean, we have not seen layers to well, a Marvel well, cinematic adaptation on this level by far. Well, you mentioned villainous aspects. I think that's going a little far, um, but certainly and. Obviously, the Nelson v. Murdoch episode, where there's actually conversation about it, it, is where it's really called out. But my villain is, I he, mean, like, his, his, no, no, his, no, should no, I no. kill someone? I'm saying, I'm saying, he's a lawyer yeah. who's beating the shit out of people at night. Like, yeah. these two ideas are very contrary. You know, in the comics, the idea was, all, was originally that he's a lawyer and he'd do things, and literally Daredevil would identify, other than the street muggers, he'd identify people that were bad by literally going, using his senses, going like, oh, someone's getting off and they're actually bad. Like, literally, he would defend someone, get them off, and then go beat the shit out of them. Right. You know, like, that was sort of his thing. I mean, and I actually love that they delve into a bit about how this is incredibly dysfunctional. Uh, like, this guy is a fucking a mess. That, uh, Nelson versus Murdoch is a great episode, but so is the one earlier on where they actually do defend someone in court. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they did that because... Me too. Because it established that, everything you needed to know, which the, the Daredevil movie just didn't. You right. Didn't, you didn't really I mean, see him as either a, dare, either a lawyer or a detective in and, the movie. And this is something I really wanted to discuss, you know, not even to go too far back on that whole point about, oh, Ben Europe being the Spider-Man movie, but I sort of laughed at that. I was like, because... You know, other than a cameo, there's no version of a Spider-Man movie we're ever going to get that delves into any deeply Peter working at the Daily Bugle and being, you know, part of, you know, a reporter. You probably that. shouldn't just, get that movie. And, and I agree with you. Yeah. But, that, but that's the difference. In, in, a, in a television series, you know, by taking the time, especially with Daredevil, like the fact that he's a lawyer and he does that and it's part of it. It's part of the story. It informs the story. The very first episode. That's how he meets Karen. That's what really pulls him into knowing all this stuff. I love but, Karen. Right? I love Foggy. I love everybody in this movie. In I mean, this, in this show. I mean, it, it, but that, man, that, that's fascinating. The idea that that's what they're doing. You know, the other thing that, that's really great about the series is we, we come to see how a lot of these tropes are set up. You know, the comic originally was they these storefront lawyers. They're, you know, they're definitely out for you just justice and helping people on the street, you know, and it's just the three of them, you know, and Karen's there as her secretary, and we see that. We see that get set up. And, of course, they're struggling, and they don't have any money. And yet, oh, Matt Murdock has this really nice brownstone in New York. Well, how does yeah. that work? And great. Once again, they use the incident to say, all right, nobody else would want that place, so it's dirt fucking cheap. Yeah, and it's got a giant computer screen. That's what like, I'm saying. Like plasma screen out front. Yeah. At all hours of night, and he's blind, so he doesn't really care. Yeah, it doesn't affect him at all. Uh, Rosario Dawson's character. Great. On another, like, my favorite Rosario Dawson. Yeah, amazing. At all. Night nurse. Is awesome. Incredible. We get the origin of the night nurse. And obviously when you see Karen Page, you're like, oh, I want to see Matt Murdock and Karen Page. Karen well, Page is a love interest, and I know it complicates later on, but... In this one, really, you do want to see Rosario Dawson as the love interest. Well, you love Rosario Dawson, and yeah. Also, there's definitely, and I love that Foggy calls it out, but Matt Murdock gets around. Yeah. It's it's very rarely that Matt Murdock, well, actually, it's never that Matt Murdock is with someone and it lasts all that long. Right. You know, I mean, there are definitely characters that he's been involved with for a long time, but usually doesn't end well for them. Mm-hmm. And we do get our references to Electris. You know, she's yes. on her way. Yes, Electris referenced, you know, in the comment about mm-hmm. you know, the Greek girl that he dated and didn't work out, you know. And of yeah. course, in his very, he's kind of 
casually laughing about it. So that's but, ultimate. But that, that, that's, that's sort of a Matt Murdock tell. So that's Ruckus' ultimate Daredevil lecture right there. Yeah, that yeah. They actually went I'm to saying, college right, together. You, you, you agree that the Matt Murdock, by the way, that's one thing. Right. Foggy and he only know each other about five years. It's that's law right. school. That's right. You know, it, it's a little vague there, but that's law school. It doesn't you, matter. But you were but saying. Just saying. Um, about you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just saying about, about the relationship stuff, you know, um, first of all, his reaction is, it's a tell. Matt Murdock's laughing it off. Oh, yeah, that didn't work out. That absolutely is implying that it has to do with his other activities and other right. things he does. Foggy calls out, okay, we're seeing you at this point, but Foggy says, you trained all these years. Yep. You know, you never stopped training. He may have been a vigilante all those years. Or, I mean, for some of them. He did tell a story that what, what set him going, so the implication was this is when he's really starting. But that doesn't well, mean he didn't do as something a college school. student. It right. could have been a high school student. It, it, he was, seemed older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he did show up with the, to Josie's with the cuts from that yes. incident. Um, let's talk about those flashbacks because they're huge. And the stuff with the father was so no perfect. So you, you had touched on, on the Karen Page thing. You want to save that or you um, want to talk about the relationship stuff? The Karen, uh, the Karen stuff is so great because you know for the moment you you see her, her troubled history from well, the moment she's on the screen. Yes, yes. Well, here, here's the thing. In the relationship stuff, I found it very interesting. Fond, they went there a little bit with Night Nurse. They didn't go there with Matt and her. We just saw that they're interested. Absolutely. But, but they didn't go there at all in this season, which I, did, I thought they'd go there. I thought it would happen. Um, so that was interesting. I mean, and, and I said this to someone else. was like, this show, there's so much going on in season one, but there's not even a question that there's a Bible here. That this is, it's, it's clearly, for people that know the source material, this thing is set up and paced to go several seasons. Yeah. You know, there's so many elements and stuff that they set up and didn't pay off yet. And Laura and asked about that, my wife, who was amazing in sitting through each and every one of these episodes with me. Uh, she goes, wait, uh, when's the next season? Or how many seasons are there going to be? And, you know, I think some of it was, fatigue like she's like i don't know if i can binge watch another series uh, of these and i said well i think jessica jones comes out in the fall so you have some time to recoup but it um, might, might be a little sooner I mean, it might be a little I sooner guess, i guess you know, maybe three four months i know that iron yeah. fist and, and uh and, and luke cage are t- 2016 yeah i know jessica jones is shooting now they're not even gonna be done shooting till late in the year right so now we've got uh what i was telling her though was she, the, said, the, she said, how many more rumor seasons has, of this? Rumor has it they're going to shoot season two of this in, in, this, like in the late summer. Yeah, and so she so, goes, she goes so how, here, much, how much more of this? And I said, I said, well, sweetie, how many episodes, are, how many seasons are there of House of Cards? They just did the third. Right. Like, Laura, we're going to be swimming in Daredevil for a while. All of us listening right now only have to outlive Kevin Feige. <laughs> like, you guys, like, like I sat, I, I interviewed the, the Avengers cast and Joss Whedon on, on Friday. We did a Skype event. And you guys who are Geekscapists will see that up on the site. In the next week or two, it'll be me and Derek from Geekscape talking via Skype. Well, I was in the room, but Derek was via Skype. We talked to all the Avengers and stuff. You'll see it on the site. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, trust me, the entire time I'm in the room with, with these Avengers, I was like, I want to go home and watch Daredevil. I want to go home and watch Daredevil. Thank God my wife works because even if I had I gone home, I wouldn't have been able to watch Daredevil because I was waiting for her. That being said, the fact that this is all a shared universe and Kevin Feige is at the head of all this pulling the strings... I did start to think on Friday during the Avengers thing, I have to outlive Kevin Feige. I have to outlive him because the Daredevil stuff is phenomenal. 
and say what you will about like, oh, I didn't like Iron Man 3 or, oh, uh, Iron Man 2 or, or Thor 2 is this or that. Like, whatever you may not like, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whatever you may not like in the Marvel Universe, this tapestry is incredible and you have to outlive Kevin Feige. So, guys, get healthy. J- J- to be clear, what Jonathan is saying is that he wants to see it all come to fruition. So, if he doesn't outlive Absolutely. him, then he feels that he's going to miss something. You know what I felt bad for? There was a comic book store guy who I used to go to uh, when I was in Philly. I would go down and I'd get comics each week. And we talked about Kevin's, and that's where I bought Kevin Smith's run on Daredevil. And we talked about of course, he has to go up against uh, uh, the big bad, and that one ended up being um, help me out here, Fishbowl Head, um, Mysterio. <laughs> Mysterio, right? And, and 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 I was like, oh, it was Daredevil versus Mysterio. What's all this? And he goes, Mysterio can punch Daredevil, and it's just a guy punching Daredevil. If the Kingpin grabs Daredevil, the fight's for the most part over because the Kingpin is stronger than Daredevil, and is a, like another force of nature, and. I think about that guy Mike sometimes when I when I when I think about Daredevil, and and I found out a few years ago that Mike had died. Mike was a bigger guy and he died of a heart attack. And I, and and and, it, and I thought about Mike when I was watching these thirteen episodes, and I was like, this guy would have loved it. Yeah. And it brought me back to guys, if you're not in a place where you can outlive Kevin Feige, you have to get to a place where you can outlive Kevin Feige, because we need to see this. Yeah. It's don't be Mike. I. I I mean, it's sort of like, you know, those of us, you know, we grew up on this stuff and this time we're living in now where all these things are being adapted and like never in my wildest dreams did, did any of us think I never thought kids, I'd see Gorilla Grodd. No. And it's phenomenal. Not. Of course not. This. Yeah, it's crazy. was awesome. And I know that our friend Adrian said that he loved the last fight scene with the Kingpin. He thought it was epic. And, and it was. All, they're all amazing. The first fight scene with the Kingpin. First fight which scene. Which Matt... Easily well, loses. Well, back up. Was. Let's remember he just had the fight with Nova. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he shouldn't have even been standing. So that's was. one thing about that. It, that wasn't a fight. That was, you know? That scene was fucking awesome. Arguably my favorite scene in the series is Kingpin getting his hands on Matt Murdock for the first time. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a great moment. So fucking but, awesome. But that whole episode, if, 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 if fight, I mean, dude, this is the hand. The fight. I mean, with, let's talk about this. The fight with Nobu... Uh, I spent the entire fight with Nobu yelling ninja battle in my living room. I'm sure I was you did. Jump, uh, my wife, if you guys are friends with her on Facebook, her post was, my husband is jumping up and down in my living room yelling ninja battle. Yes. Because I was losing my damn mind. Yes. He brings out that man, Riki, which, I, how did he have the man, Riki, in his suit? Whatever. <laughs> like, he's getting punched in the chest, but then he pulls out a man, Riki. Right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to get that actor on the show, on Geekscape. The, uh, the actor who played Nobu. And uh, so cross your fingers that we can convince Peter to come on the show and talk about being Nobu. But and by the way, let's just call out. Let's painful. just call out. He dies, but it's the hand. Doesn't mean he's not coming no, back. No, he lit on fire. Yeah. Which guys, he's the hand. And uh, and I love. There's so much to say and, about and, this. And he might be the founder of the hand. There's an implication he's been around a long time. Yes. Fire doesn't stop this guy. Uh, but I do love that that first scene when when Wilson's fist puts his finger, his hands on on Matt Murdock. It's awesome. Just as I love that reveal in the art gallery where he's like, where she, where Vanessa says, "Why don't you ask him yourself?" And everything just goes tits up. Oh shit! And you realize Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock are about to be, like see yes. each other face to face. What an incredible moment! The design in this series, the pacing. I would love to have been in the writers' room when they broke each episode because the episodes I thought were lulls. Or episode seven and eleven. Seven, All right, I know, not- I know, I know, I know. And, and, and I'm looking back now, realizing that that 
they weren't lulls at all. And Be, setup is what it they is. They were incredible setup. So, 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 listeners, Jonathan actually texts me going, "Oh, seven was such filler. It's the stick episode." And I said, "Dude, no. dude, no, that's not seven filler may at all." Be the most important episode yeah, of the series. Exactly. When you look at the five, like seasons of the Defenders, we're right. going to get like. It, Here's, here's why it feels, if you're just watching the 13 episodes of Daredevil, it's going to feel soft because half of it is set up for the bigger tapestry of things. Right. And the, the other half is flashbacks. And the so, other half is so flashbacks. So you might be thinking it's not dealing with the Kingpin stuff. It's not yes. moving that story along. Yeah, absolutely right. But, but and, and, and another arguable criticism is, oh, should it have been sooner? It shouldn't have been sooner. Mm. It's right where it should be. Right it's there awesome. in the middle. Right there in the but, middle. But initially you're like, okay, why didn't I get this background sooner? But it's great because you're learning it and you're figuring it out and all these elements and end up together. And knowing that he's then going to fight right. Nobu, yeah. you need to know what the hand is up to. Exactly. Well, I have an inkling. Well, you have, so, yeah. So, so do you think it's Stone at the end? Yeah, I, think I think it, it is. Stone is. Yeah. I think it is Stone who sticks other uh, student right. who actually went through all of the learning with him. And right. And Member of the yeah. chase and yeah. It's So guys, I think Defenders is going to be like a whole ninja Mageddon like kung fu well, that's fighting, what I was trying to decide. Craziness. So, so that, 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 that was my question. I, and I think that you're right, but I wasn't sure. Is the idea in, in episode seven that they're referring to, is he going to be ready? Is it about Defenders or is it about season two? The Black I think Sky. It was about, I think it was about Defenders. Yeah, I agree. This Black Sky, this little kid who probably has superpowers out the wazoo and is like a human, like, like nuclear bomb, like... It's going to be huge. In, uh, but, Jessica, but, and Jessica the next Jones question is, is it, it mystical? Is it Kunlun? Well, let's, that's ask, the thing. let's ask Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Gao. Right. So, because so, Miss, so, when Miss so, Gao so, says she's so, not so going he, back to he, China. Here's the, interest, the interesting point. Yeah. Is we have it presented when you have all the, the crime heads meeting that you have Nobu is representing the Japanese and Gao is seemingly representing the Chinese. Yeah, and right? the Russians are so, awesome. We can't so, skip the Russians. And Gao's not involved in the stick episode. No. It, it's the hand. It's Nobu taking Black Sky, right. right? So we don't necessarily have a connection there. I, I'm inclined to think that's what it is. I'm just saying to you that right. it might be those two things but are separate. But the little insignias on the heroine are completely Kunlun. Yes, but, 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 the, but that, that comes from Gao. That that's comes from Chinese, Gao, right. Not and when she says... When she sells Owsley, I'm going back to my homeland, and she yeah. goes, what the is The symbol, that? by the way, it's the Davos symbol, which is, which is actually, it's the part of the Iron Fist, you know, Shalau, the undying mm -hmm. symbol, because Davos didn't get the whole thing. So we've got this, uh, this thing where, where when Gao leaves, she says, I'm going, you know, he, he says, are you going back to China? She goes, even further. And Laura looks at me like, what is further? No, than, way further. Way further. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, she's going back to Kunlun. Like, she's, she's going to set up Iron Fist. Like... I want Iron Fist next. I want yeah. all of my questions answered yeah. in the fall. Yeah. I want to know everything. This I I got hit by such sadness and remorse, like I, uh, like 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 I had depression when the, when the episode too. thirteen ended. No, no. So I didn't have it initially, but I, I actually said it to Justin last night. Let's I was watch like, it again. But six hours later, I was like, I was like listless, and I realized I was like, what's wrong with me? I was like, well, I was watching all the stuff, and I was trying to read. I was like, I just wasn't excited because this was done, and how long do I have to wait? But yeah, exactly. Like, thank God this we, ended we, on a night where, uh, on a day where we actually have like Game of Thrones and in Silicon Valley starting up again. Yes, yes. Well, but, a weekend anyway. A weekend, but, right? But yeah, it was just so good, and, and that's just it. 
And we talk about how long it was before he gets in, in, the, in the suit. And, and uh, our friend Adrian, literally going into episode 12, is emailing me. And I wasn't answering. And he's yelling at me, you just have to tell me. Is it going to be in the suit? Is it going to fight? Like, he had to know before he even watched yes, it. Yes, we're like, friends with yes, a seven-year-old boy. Well. <laughs> and then when he gets in the suit, is that not very close to the, uh, the suit that was like the, the extreme Daredevil suit from the late 90s comics? It feels more like the Daredevil uh, 2099 suit than the actual Daredevil suit. You know well, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you mean, and it's... I don't hate the suit. But no, I listen, love listen, listen, listen. They, they got very smart. You know, when Batman came out in 1989, you know, comic like, oh my God, he's like wearing armor. You right. know, what is he, Iron Man? He should Long be before, armor. you know, right. And it didn't make sense. Because that was a little early for the idea of, of what's happened. But law enforcement, military developed all these lightweight armors, you know, with plastics and Kevlar, you know. So Daredevil actually called it out in the 90s and they changed his costume into a Kevlar suit. Mm-hmm. And no one liked the look of it because it wasn't the classic red, and then they got rid of it. Right. And, you know, whereas in the Batman comics, initially, it was still wearing the spandex, and then they never made a thing of it. They never called out as, as a costume change. They just started incorporating the stuff. Right. You know, with both Batman and particularly with Robin, the Tim Drake Robin yeah. in his outfit. It He's was full-on Kevlar. On yeah. yeah, because, you know, and they, every now they call, I was like, well, you know, and very similar to the statement in this, you know, direct gunfire, not so good. Still got to dodge the stuff, but you know it's going to deflect a little bit. It might stop a knife, might not, you know. Right. But at least it'll give you something, right? You know. So, and of course, now that's a given because you know of, of what we now have. So, when I look at it, it's like, yeah, it's red. It's not red completely in every way, but it's it's practical. It's you know, it's the, the militaristic things. You, know, you see the Kevlar. You see the you see the the, the, the nylon stitching and, yeah. and that kind of thing. You know because course that's what he'd be in i mean you'd be an idiot not to it's the same thing captain america right you know um it's he's not, not gonna chain have the tips yeah it's not chain mail right you know but yeah you I know that, that that's what it is that that's what you'd see um i mean think about the, the classic captain america outfit you know with, with, with the boots and the boots were you know just so yeah. goofy weird looking and then with the ultimate we got boots. he wore like real like military army boots you know right. like well, of course he does um let me talk about, let me defend my criticism of episode 11. Okay. In which Vanessa is in a hospital and Karen is taken by uh, Wesley. Wesley. Uh, in Foggy and Matt are dealing with the repercussions they're falling out in the previous episode. Again, another lull episode, another very necessary episode in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you. Like, it is, do, if you were going to be binge, okay, so I binge viewed five in a row and then six in a row, which is tough because it meant I watched 11 late, and I think 11 suffered for it because there's a lot going on in 11, and it's not action, so it should not be the last one you watch before you're about to go to sleep because well, you're going to, you're going to, the end of it's pretty, it's awesome. It'll wake you up. Oh, she blasts Wesley. Uh, again, another moment where I was like, they can't kill Wesley because he's a Frank Miller character. Yeah, they, no. are, they, they don't give a fuck. No, they don't give a shit. Which makes me think Owsley may not come back, but I do see Maybe. what you're saying. Maybe. Um, wow. Uh, looking back at, back at 11, also an important episode. Just not for the rooftop flipping moments that you thought but, they but, ought But again, for. remember that you know it's Netflix, so it's not like any individual hour... 
you know, you go, oh, here's an episode. Now we end up online with people going, oh, this week's episode sucked. There yeah. was no action. It's yeah. like, you, fine. It's the next yeah. hour. Yeah. You, you get your action. Oh, my God. And you get so much action. Yeah. Uh, the, the action's incredible. Wilson Fisk. Uh, the owl was right. If he would have just helped the owl out and got along with the plan... Wilson Fisk would not have been busted, well, and so the, Daredevil would have lost. So this is what was fascinating to me, is I felt, as a comic book fan, that we were a little teased there. Like, what the owl, what Leland suggested, was sort of reminiscent of the notion of, okay, in the comics, you have the kingpin, but you have these other guys exist, and they have their little area, and their little piece of And the I pie. love that they become adversaries by the end of the series. Right, but I'm saying that, you know, he what he's suggesting, you're like, oh, maybe this is what's going to happen. And then the owl's his thing, and he's that thing. And then he's like, no, fuck that shit. I'm yeah. not doing that. Yeah, you think that they're going to start splitting up the pie there when Leland takes it to to uh, to Wilson. It just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, he will not have his pie split up or his, uh, what was the Italian cake? Um, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? His mom was, he, he was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 well more, more to the point is Vanessa. Right. You heard Vanessa. I mean, it was an interesting thing because early on, as I'm watching it, I'm noticing the thing that people are commenting, oh, you know, yes, it's making him soft. And I figured, more in keeping with the Frank Miller storyline, that Wesley would be involved and they'd bomb her, and maybe they would do, you know, the, the whole story of, you know, kind of the, the King Rat thing, mm-hmm. where she's in, in the subterranea, you know, and, and that whole situation. And I figured if they were going to do it, it wouldn't be even until the later season anyway. Right. But they basically did their version of that storyline of looking to take her out because it was weakening him. And this is where I was going before. So I started saying about how they did this, the storefront, you know, and that initial thing. So that's from the original early Daredevil comics, right? But... They took elements from stuff that's way later with Frank Miller stuff, you know, as they built up the story. So you have Wilson Fisk, you know, and he's already been behind the scenes and pretty much bulletproof. And this perspective now is he's showing some weakness, he's showing some emotion, you know. So already they're looking to take her out. Now, one thing you have to remember about the Kingpin, or, or maybe not remember, maybe you didn't know this, but the Kingpin was a character introduced, you know, in, in Spider-Man. Right. And he was... It was very cartoonish, you know. And they were and they a make lot, fun of that. Yeah, I'm saying there, there were a lot of comic book stories with him, but they were all Spider-Man until Miller. Miller's the one that really brought Kingpin into the Daredevil comics, right? You know, and because suddenly it was like literally making Daredevil more important. Daredevil was really street level without really getting into the big picture. He was fighting buffoons. He was fighting right. silly ass characters. Right. It wasn't about actually getting into corruption and what's really going on in the city. Right. You know, and, and making Ben Yurick a prominent character was part man. of that. But I'm saying that making right. Ben Yurick a prominent character in the book was part of that. Right. Because you had, you know, you had to have the guy that was in the know about these things. You know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting that it wasn't Wesley um, that ultimately, and here's the thing, going back to what you were saying earlier about where they were actually, I mean, you actually feel the Wilson Fisk, when he he goes and sees Wesley's body and, and he's actually crying for his friend. Yeah. You know, it's like it's one friend. But what's great is, again, it's the pieces of what le- whatever is left of his soul, whatever part of humanity he's holding on to, you know, they're going. Right. Um, episode 8, 
arguably the best episode. It's great. It's phenomenal. The origin of the Kingpin episode. That stuff is so dark and so awesome. Is he a hero? (laughs) Like, I mean, he he, he saved his mother. And he survived. And and, and he did what his father taught him, even though he killing his father. Right. And and it, and it's not him. It, it's his mother that very practically cuts up the pieces and gets rid of it, right? So awesome. Um, this thing is so well shot. Yeah. The best fight chore- choreography you've seen on TV, I did not watch Rome. And Stephen DeKnight came off, you know, this you, Rome is Did you watch show. Banshee? Uh, is Banshee cool? Banshee's really is cool. Is that a Stephen DeKnight show? No. Um, but it's got these fights. Alan Ball. Well, yeah, it is Alan Ball. You're right. It has very real seeming gritty fights. These fights. What, what, no, this, this is what I crazy. love about this as a comic book fan. Listen, from a real world perspective, there's a lack of practicality. But of the acrobatics, I mean, it's really, you know, there's, there's a lot of parkour. There's a, a lot of gymnastics with the fighting. And it's, so it's definitely more in keeping with... Don't get me wrong. There's a very brutal, very Krav Maga, street level sense to a lot of it, mixed in with some very fancy stuff. There's a moment where um, you know he's fighting some of the cops, and he's just hit the guy a couple times, and you think he's probably going to throw another uppercut. Instead, he does a backflip and right. kicks him in the face. And I was like, that is Daredevil in the comics. Yeah. Yeah, he does a couple backflips in the face. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all dodging and you know moving and bouncing from low to high, which is which is great for fight choreography and really it demonstrates that listen, he, he's obviously he's beyond kickboxing, but you actually see in his fight style the boxing, right stuff, you know, uh, especially and, in that fight, last fight with the kingpin, you yeah. see him trying to do a couple things with his reach, which he doesn't have against the kingpin, no. but he takes it to him with his fists. I love the fight scene in market. We'll, we'll talk about the long take master at the end of episode two. Yeah. But I want to talk about the end of episode three where he's fighting the guy who knows how to fight uh, in the alleyway and the dude ends up impaling his face on the uh, 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 on that spike. Um, that guy who's the guy who's going to yeah, take the fall for the king the, yes, for all yes. that stuff. O- opening um, up in the bowling alley. Holy shit. That, the ending of that episode, that's where it really struck me right. that the fight choreography was on a different level. Yeah. Not someone, I mean, I love that, well, that actually, long Well, ba- back master. up. The beginning of that episode in the bowling alley. It's great. You know, because it's, awesome. not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not Daredevil fighting. It's just that he's doing this hit, and, and the mark doesn't go down easy. No. It, it, no, you know, he, 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 he has to strike him out with a ball. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I told Laura, I was like, we're going to see that bowling ball end up on some dude's head. <laughs> and we don't really know who it's going to be. But um, what I love, I think, the most about that last fight scene in that episode is the use of the environment. Yes. In the way that directing-wise, they introduce, uh-oh, there's a spike there. Mm-hmm. Let's keep in mind that that's there. But there's a couple other things in the environment here that are going to come into play. Mm-hmm. And both, choreo- both fight choreography, like both, both stuntmen use it. Um, the way it's pieced together, guys, Charlie Cox had to do some, unless there's some facial replacement on some of that, Stuff Charlie Cox did have to do a ton of shit. I'll tell you, I actually what's felt going that on here. Th- th- there's a lot of moments where I think, especially early on, it's not Charlie Cox. Oh well, much. yeah, no, I'm talking about the roof yeah. jumping sequence where she where he's yeah, chasing yeah. along the yeah. car. I'll say there's actually an early sequence of him working on the bag, and it's not Charlie Cox. And um, it's obviously not, and, I, and that made me laugh. But I was happy that by the end, it is him when he's following the car in with the music, right? And yeah. he and he finds Madame Gao's heroin factory whatever uh facial replacement on some of those shots it's 
gotta be. Charlie Cox is like on Probably. another like. I thought some of that stuff was awesome, and that's one of my favorite sequences. Is just the seamless rooftop jumping. Yeah. In that sequence was pretty awesome. Well, it, it, and that's just it. There's a lot of parkour that the jumping up on the wall kind of stuff, which is great. On a different level. Um, yeah. Now, can we talk about the end of episode two, which was like this true detective, one take master, crazy fight? And I, it, you know, and everybody does talk about that old boy scene with the rubber hammer. Right. But that's like a dolly down a, a, a set. You know what I mean? And I, and, and I feel like the old boy dolly. Goes in one direction. It follows one plane, right? It just follows a horizontal plane of action, mm-hmm. and it's cool. But it's almost cool, like a Looney Tunes is cool. Yeah, yeah. The camera choreography on the end of episode two's fight scene was stepping over doors, stepping over yes, participants. Door, it just, was insane. And what, what's really great about it, what you see, I mean, the level, and again, it's just what it's really there to write up the. How long is that shot? Is uh, I, I didn't seven comment. eight minutes. It seemed like it was quite a while, and that's just it. It's that coming down the corridor. You know, he's in this really enclosed space, and that's I mean, that that that's the hard part. Yeah, first we see you the know, guy with the apple taking it to the kid. Right, right. In this say, say, yeah. he's dodging all this stuff in this tiny space. It's like it's crazy. Right. It's amazing, and he's so tired. And that's the other thing that I love, love, love. But that's about performance. This show. Some of that stuff is happening around the camera. The camera yeah. guy is having to step through some of these performances too. Yeah, yeah. And step but, over things that weren't there at the beginning, like and, the door. And I mean, when do you ever see in the middle of the fight you see the exhaustion? Like normally, right. you know, in anything, it's like, all right, maybe they write in he's tired before, he's tired after. But no, you see it in between shots. Right. Like, he's it's stepping up, up and he's down. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, here's it's, it's another one. It's designed in storyboards, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a performance. It was crazy. This dance was insane. Um, how would you like to be the stunt guy who has to reset that shot because you oh. fucked up? Wow. That was, um, my, you know, and I do compare it to that one sequence of True Detective, which is just not fair. Uh, you watched True Detective, of course, mm-hmm. uh, because there's two or three cameramen and a handoff on that sequence in True Detective um, and you are going to open areas like outside the houses and stuff like that if you guys haven't watched True Detective uh, what are you doing <laughs> like like watch True Detective it's like it's phenomenal um, here you said it a tight space that is a technical complication on a whole different level especially when that that tight space starts getting crowded by things like limbs and bodies right. and broken things, and I couldn't believe how seamless it was. It was in, it was insane. Um, and and he's protecting someone at the same time. He's protecting himself, but then ultimately he you know he it was yeah um, and, and jaw dropping. No, and, you, and your point's great. It's like in the middle of it, he suddenly has someone to protect. Yeah, like that they throw that added element in. It was. Uh, like head scratchingly good and why I think the pedigree difference between TV and film is completely erased if not reversed in the other direction because you only do find care like this in either a completely elite level or a completely small but, the but raid but, but, but level back up a you know what I mean you know in, in the features and everything we've seen up until now is it's CGI or gloss yeah it's gloss yeah this is practical these are practical fight scenes. Practically awesome. I mean, you know, and absolutely awesome. And it was incredible, like the, the level. I mentioned Banshee. Banshee doesn't have these acrobatics, but it's it. Before this, was the best fight choreography I've seen. 
You know, it's just did, did great. Did you watch Rome? Of course. Is Rome on this level, like like Stephen the Knight's other show? No, Rome is. I know they have got swords and this and that. Yeah, I mean, Rome's not more Spartacus is what. You're Ninja thinking. battle. No, you're, you're thinking of Spartacus. I know. Okay. Uh, the Manrique sequence was awesome. Yeah. I just think of weapons now. That's how my mind works. Mm-hmm. I, I hear swords. I'm thinking. Right. I start yelling "Ninja Battle" again. Well, that sequence was, you know, it took it, t- it took Pulp Fiction and went beyond it. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, I'm so glad there's ninjas in this series. Yeah, I'm glad there's ninjas. Um, I gotta tell you though, Geekscape, I'll be honest. First two scenes of Daredevil, I watched them before I had to run off. Uh, Friday morning, I woke up early. I had some steps to run before the Avengers event so I'm up at around 5.30 a.m. I couldn't help myself I started watching Daredevil the first sequence with uh, Battling Jack coming to see his kid and the kid yells I'm blind and then that opening monologue in the confessional the two weakest scenes in the series <laughs> I thought that the confessional was over I thought that, was, I thought that scene was a little early that we are, weren't quite invested in, in Daredevil quite yet. At least I wasn't invested from an objective perspective. I was like, you haven't quite earned me sitting through this, this, this long monologue yet. We, still, we don't quite yet know what this character is struggling well, they're, with. They're, they're setting a tone. But they're telling, not showing. Yeah. And I'm not into it. I'm not into just hearing this stuff. Okay. I'm not feeling for you yet, Matt. And I'm not quite feeling for this kid on the street yet. Let's spend some time with him. Uh, I wanted those scenes to be a little later in that first episode. That being said, um, if it's all uphill from there, uh, that is a very minor criticism. Yes. And I got to tell you, I spent hours of that day before my fears were relieved. I, sp- I thought about those first two scenes for, f- for hours that day, and I was like, wait a minute, is Daredevil not going to be like amazing? Because I wasn't completely seduced by those scenes. I wasn't totally into them. I wasn't really invested in Battle and Jack until he'd seen the tragedy that, that fell on his son. I wasn't totally into Matt until I started seeing him like completely, until I already had to listen to him for 10 minutes talk about what I was going through. I'm, I'm kind of not into this. And then those fears immediately get erased with the third, like the third uh, sequence. Fine. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I mean, but, but then that's just it is I hear what you're saying, but it's characterization stuff. So I'm fine with it because it did. It built on itself. And the my, series my gets one better. Yes. No, and, and that's the other thing. The series it, gets better. It gets better as it goes. Which is crazy. And better and better and better. I mean, it's hard for me to pick out favorite episodes because, I mean, it, it is sort of a blur, you know? Um, Let's watch it again of right course, now. there's, I mean, the payoff of, of the last episode is incredible. I'll say this for the sake of, of criticism, my complaint is. They spent a lot of time, and I was a little concerned. I saw the the, the, um, the titles of the episodes. You know, obviously they're up on yeah. the screen. You see it. I saw Nelson v. Murdoch. You know, for episode ten, and I'm thinking they're so setting up this love triangle thing. And you know, and at first I was like, okay, is Karen actually into Foggy? And it's like, I'm like, no, she's not. Then she seems like she really is. Then suddenly Miss Cardenas is saying, oh, he's in love with you, and she's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, and she's obviously into Matt. You know, and I think they're doing that. And then they put all this time and effort and energy into this and find suddenly he's fucking his ex, you know? Sure. But I felt like they didn't even address it. The foggy Karen stuff. Yeah. Um, I think once it, everybody was happy that 
be that Nelson Murdoch wasn't going to fall together. And there were two specific scenes where they're all happy post Nelson versus Murdoch in those last two episodes where they're looking at each other. And, and I actually made a point of it when 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 Matt says, "See, this is what's good about this." I was like, "You sure? I probably shouldn't start sentences with the word see at all." But right. um, no, yeah. he's saying it to them. He I know, did. I know. Yeah. But but it's like, uh, but it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, they resolved it because, cause, like, the romance between Foggy and Karen was uh, was lost when the urgency of those things outside of them, and I'm guessing it's, the you know, the explosion of the warehouses and then, you know, ultimately the fact that Karen is shooting somebody and running for her life. Well, I think the urgency of those outside she, things, she's not, ava- all that she's stuff not available to him and she's not where he goes. I just felt that they really built up that he was that into her. And then it's just suddenly not. Um, I understand what you know? you're saying. It's he just, does rescue her. And I do yeah, understand what you're saying. He goes there, is running. I mean, he's fucking stalking her. He's so obsessively into her um, when he rescues her. Oh, you've been yeah. following me? Yeah, I've been following. Of course I have. Like, he's fucking stalking her, man. Well, protecting. He's fucking stalking her. Listen, there's some Geekscapists listening who the line became blurry a long time ago. And I don't want them to not protect other people. Because out of fear that they may be stalking. Okay, so don't set a precedent. I think Foggy was doing what any friend would do when another look, friend look, goes into a bad neighborhood at night look, where I, there has been I, known crime. Hey, I, I, I've said for years that there's a fine line between stalking and being romantic. And that fine line is determined by in the eye of the beholder. Ian, I've been following you for weeks. I know. I see you. You've made some bad decisions. Yeah, you go to some shady places at night. I'm aware. <laughs> I think they're shady because you go to them. Could be. You Could are be. the one that makes them shady. Uh, I understand what you're saying. And, and yeah, it, they do spend some time at Josie's quite a few times on that relationship. Yeah. and That being said, does it take anything away from the, how economic this series actually is? No, it's great. It I'm just, I'm just saying that they, they, it just felt like, you know, you make reference to the writer's room. It felt sure. like they were building this up and they discarded it. Mm. And and to a point, you know, I was talking to someone about this, and they said, like, "Oh, maybe they'll go back." To it. I was like, "No, organically, there's no reason to go back to it. He's with Marcy now. It's not even a reason to talk about it. That conflict is now gone." But there is, you know, a, now, now they are, they've already yeah. done the Matt Foggy conflict over his secret identity. Right. There's no, oh, I'm really into Karen. I can't believe you're now going to be back. But, but wherein also know? do you see Karen becoming invested in the 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 three, you know, in Nelson and Murdoch? Does that make sense? Because I think also part of that, that that budding relationship is her being invested in the law firm itself and her this new life for herself. Well, she, but she, she's as in, well. she's invested with them on a professional and personal level. Sure, and, and I listen, think that's fine. part of it. I'm just saying that I feel you know, Karen's whole, oh fuck, he's in love with me. Like it's it feels like there should have been a conversation somewhere. Um, next point. Aren't you glad she didn't get kidnapped and had to be rescued? By Daredevil. No, she did get kidnapped. I'm glad she didn't have to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, because uh, you were positive that's where it was going, well, and it well, didn't. Well, in, in in episode twelve, there are still so many spinning plates that I'm starting to think, especially towards like the halfway point of the episode, how are they going to resolve all this stuff? And satisfying the legal portion of putting away Fisk early, like having that be the first thing mm-hmm. before there's any fist flown, uh, because. It, it, it kind of flips the narrative on a lot of these shows because yeah. usually it's beat them up, 
and, and then, then they go and them. confess, and then right, arrest right. them, right? And, and you see that so much. In and the that shows. was fascinating. I was literally, I was actually looking at the time when that happened. I was yeah, like, I was, like, I was oh, too. Okay, I'm like, there's still a lot of spinning plates. Yeah, how are they gonna resolve these? And, and where's the big fight? Where's this gonna happen? And yeah, when's they gonna put the costume on? And then when they do arrest Wilson Fisk, you're like, okay, they've basically satisfied the Wilson Fisk narrative. But there's obviously got to be a little bit of complication because we still haven't seen the red. Right. Ian's already gotten 13 texts from Adrian. Uh, that was no, it, well, not when I was watching. He was only on 11 at that point. I know, but I'm guessing in uh, somewhere in, in the like 20 minutes left in episode 12 he, or 13, he's losing his mind, and the texts have ramped up per per minute. No, no, no. He, was good. Uh, he, was good. he, he kept himself uh, tempered. Yeah, your, your listeners don't care. But, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. With 30 minutes left in in episode 13, you're sitting there going. How is this going to play out? Especially when they start satisfying the Wilson Fist storyline on the legal level. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, like, we're running out of minutes. we got to see some fists flying. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome flip right there in saying, nope, he gets arrested. Then he gets beat up. And then he gets rearrested. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we have a lot of criticism of this at all. No, I mean, it, it's, it, it's great. So now I, I present my, my first argument. The best Marvel's done to date? Because I came in pretty confidently saying so. Yeah, I mean... I know it's different. I know it's not Guardians, which I love. No, I know it's not Iron it, Man it, 1, it, which I love. It, it, it's, it's just a question of different flavors. I mean, it's, it's an mm-hmm. opus. No, you know? horse I, race I, it. Horse race it. I'm, I'm, Is I'm it saying the best? Look, best most you, enjoyable thing that you, you've enjoyed that Marvel's done you, ever. You have to remember, I'm not. I don't do lists. I'm not asking you to list. I'm asking you to do it, one in the rest. It's no. It, <laughs> it's it's incredible. There, there's, there's different levels of feeling about things. You know. I mean. Huh? I'm kidding with you now. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'm, I'm going to say this. I know you're you're not as big a fan, but you know, there's there's emotional aspects of what happens in Avengers. You know, that it, it's just different. And I think that that's stuff that you add to the movie. It's not stuff that the movie's, that's in the movie, so I don't think it counts. I, I don't think that's entirely true. But you know what I mean? Um, like, I was arguing, I, with, I do, I was arguing with my friend earlier today, and I said, there are things in the Avengers that, that I think you give it credit for that only existed, that only exist because you had the Avengers on a lunchbox. They are not in the movie. And you, the problem so you with your a, argument you is the filmmakers know those things. That, you, that and, people are going to give them a pass? No, 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 no. The filmmakers are purposely um, conjuring those images and those feelings in what they're doing. Using them, yeah, as tools. Yeah, yeah of course, yes. of course. So, that so, being said, so on, a, crit- on a critical storytelling level, is Daredevil but, the greatest? But, 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 and I've already said. But it's awesome. It, it is because it, because it has the time. Yeah, yeah, you know? you're right. I mean, the, that, that, yeah. That, that's my point. Yeah, yeah the form and the function, yeah, I think, yeah, are the yeah. most married well, here. We sit, every criticism you have in every one of the movies, and they all suffer because they have to rush it. Yeah, here the form fits the function in the greatest way. Yeah. This is the greatest way. I mean, you know, I, lo- yeah. I love those movies, but even my favorites do suffer somewhat. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Winter Soldier is fucking brilliant, and it's so well done. It's a really good spy movie, you know, and the conspiracy and all that. And and I don't need that actually to be any longer. I gotta watch that movie again. I only seen it once. I only saw Winter Soldier is really great, you know. Um, but there's definitely places that if that story had been done, you know, like this, that that could have been a full season. Right. Certainly. Oh yeah, that'd be sick. I would love. Uh, 
I would love. I mean, you know, in the place of a part of that's like the Agent so, Carter stuff. Like I love the Agent right. Carter so, stuff. So, so here's my thing: is what's what I was thinking about this earlier before before we started doing this. Um, what's arguably upsetting now is with this is what we now see is you're gonna get the second tier characters that are gonna get these TV series. These Netflix ones, yeah. Yeah, they're actually getting better copy. They're getting handled better because they get more screen time. They don't have the brevity of the story. If you're in. Right. I got to right. tell you, man, I can't wait for Ant-Man. I mean, I me cannot too. wait but, for Ant-Man. But, but here's the thing. See, Ant-Man goes against it because Ant-Man really is a second-tier character. But Ant-Man's an unknown still. You right. know what I mean? Like Avengers, well, that's you, you kind of know what, how badass the Avengers movie is going to be. I mean, you know here's the bottom line. Is Ant-Man might be great, and I'm really looking forward to it. But come on. Do we really think we need an Ant-Man trilogy? Don't get me wrong. I'm going to go see it. We need a movie or two. That's right. it. But, 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 but my point is that this kind of treatment is great. You get so much story. Now, maybe Ant-Man doesn't need that much story, so maybe it is perfect for a movie. But my point to you is, what, like I was saying earlier about the whole idea of reporters type of Spider-Man, like, wouldn't it be amazing to have 13 episodes of Spider-Man? Oh, my God. I'd be you know? Amazing. Or 13 episodes of Thor. I mean... Don't you listen? You know the next Thor oh. movie is going to be Ragnarok, but right. don't you really want to see the Simonson run translated That'd over be crazy. thirteen fucking hours? Um, Wouldn't that? I mean, it, it will never happen. But I still but, have the depression that I feel now after watching thirteen episodes of Daredevil, knowing that nothing new is going to come for another few months and Daredevil in, right. in the Netflix universe of the, I know. the corner of the Mar- Marvel but, but, universe. But, 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 and I have a question for you, and, and I think I know the answer because I know it is the case for me. It's like, look. I love the Alias comic, which is what Jessica Jones is. Totally. Okay? Um, but I've still been, all right, of course I'm going to watch it, but I wasn't watching this, maybe that much more excited for that. Absolutely. And, and I, I think most people like Jessica, I'm like, oh, who cares, whatever. But no, because look what they did. Absolutely. When, you I, know? And, when I watched some of the Jessica Jones stuff, I was like, uh, when, when, I, when I thought about it, I was like, I'm obviously going to watch it because it's Marvel. Right. But... Um, but I don't now, quite know what I'm going to get. Now that I know what they're capable of, right? I do hope it's tonally different. I do hope that it's tonally different. It will be tonally different, but it will have its similarities. Yeah. Okay. I hope the quality is similar. Jessica for sure. Jones is not about you know this tortured person and you know it's just be be, a beating up street level stuff. No, it's actually she's really self-loathing. Yeah. You know, and and the things she gets into, and but again, it should never be a movie. It's the perfect TV series. Because it actually is about, it actually is about the cases in which she's doing. Right. And yes, it's very much about her fucking Luke Cage. And I want to see some Luke Cage. That's right. And then I want to see some Danny Rand because I want to put some some answers to these questions that I have, and they're they're going to be questions in my mind for two years, at least a year and a, at least a year with some Could of be. this stuff. Could be. We have to outlive Kevin Feige, guys. Be careful stepping off curbs. Be be like you know. Break a sweat a little bit if you haven't already and start, you know, getting that heart ready because it's going to have to be healthy. You're going to need it to be pumping for several years, two decades. Let's give it two decades. At least be alive for two more decades. Let's try that and see where we are in two decades Uh, because we have to outlive Kevin Feige because this stuff is awesome. So, so, so Jonathan, we bounced around a little bit and I think too, you know, there's stuff that we know, but I think some of your listeners might not get all this stuff. So you made reference to gal and where she's going so yeah. you know in, in in the comics 
you know, there's this mystical city of Kunlun, which is where Iron Fist is from. He's yeah. originally not, but he ends up orphaned and Yeah, there they're, and they're making Inhumans there right now. And, and, I'm kidding. That was a yeah, shield. That, that, that was yeah. an Agents of Shield reference. Yeah. But and, how many and, mystical and, cities can they have? Well, there's a lot. Well, no. What you're what you really mean to say is that it so happened early on in the comics, the Inhumans city of Adelan was in the Himalayas, and seemingly Kunlun is also in the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. So there's a little of that. But, and we um, saw like an Inhumans type city in Agents of Shield now. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, they're saying we don't know where it is at this point, but right. it's like, I know there's you an got mountains. Of, right. Only pre- so many ranges on the right. earth. Right, right. And then you throw in the fact that Sky's mother is Chinese, and you know. Let's do so. it. Yeah, I want. I want. I want more crossover. I want to see. But, I want to see Madame Gao show up in Asia. In, in, but but but, that, but that's just it. That, that was in the comics for all those years. Yeah. And the idea of Kunlun is it just appears briefly, and you know, you're right. Yeah, and, yeah. and disappears again. Um, it's uh, oh, uh, what's it's like the, a mirage the, almost? No, no. There's the musical. Um, it's the old musical with this. You're working the, against my strengths at this point. I'm not a fan of that, that's so why I can't remember the name of it. I sure. Just, that's it. But there, it's about this city that appears every now and then. And, oh, okay. You know, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma? I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Brigadoon. Brigadoon. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got right. it. Um, anyway, the point yeah. is, is that, so we see this stuff building, you know? Yes. And there's definitely this big overarching mystical thing. I mean... What's going to bring them all together? Something big's going to happen in the kitchen that they're all going to have to fight. You know, yeah. that, 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 that's what's going to happen. That, that'll be the down. defenders, you know. Um, so, so that's really exciting. Um, some things that are set up in this series, when, okay, they killed Ben Yurik. So we're shocked they killed Ben Yurik because the big thing about Ben Yurik is that, oh, he discovers Daredevil's identity. It's definitely his Pulitzer winning story. Yeah. And he decides not to publish it because... He's friends with Matt Murdock. Sure. And Daredevil's needed. But here's an interesting argument, because I had to think about this a lot. It's like, that meant so much to us when we read this, right? But years later, as we know, what the comics did shortly thereafter is Karen Page, who at this point is Matt Murdock's ex, is all a fucking mess, and shooting porn and doing heroin for another hit gives up Matt Murdock's identity in the comic books. Mm -hmm. And it gets back to the kingpin, whereupon he takes it, he says, okay, who else has this information? And he traces it back to everyone that it was given to. And he has them all killed. Yeah. Because he does his thing. So I think this show is brilliantly set up that that's a probably season three storyline. Sure. Okay. And oh my God, what a storyline that will be. But you can't do it too soon because you have to build up the world. We got to see some Electra and Bullseye. We got to right. see some Electra and Bullseye. so many other things. And exactly. You have, um, oh, by the way, so the sniper... That was supposed to kill Ben and ends up shooting the cop. Yeah, so not Bullseye. I'm not sure. Just because uh, he missed? What, guess, yeah, because he missed. Because he missed. Guess what? He that only... cop is dead. And, and I don't think he was supposed to shoot Ben. I think the sniper was supposed to shoot the cops. Because guess what the well, snipers end up doing? They start shooting cops right, to okay. turn it against the man in the so, black mask. So, so then maybe he is Bullseye. He would have killed him. If, 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 if Bullseye wants to kill you and he has a sniper rifle... He didn't shoot a toothpick at him. He has a sniper rifle. That bullet goes through his brain, killing him, or so, through his so heart, killing him. So you didn't think him. that was a playing card in his bag? I think there were playing cards all over this series, and it was there awesome. Are. But that sniper on the roof was not Bullseye. Okay, maybe. Bullseye doesn't miss. 
bullseye kills when he is told to kill, and they wanted to kill cops to turn the uh, the, the public opinion against the man in the black suit, the mm-hmm. devil of Hell's Kitchen. No, that's not bullseye. Cut it out, fans. Don't look for things that aren't there. We're going to get our bullseye. When we get him, it's going to be right. We're going to get our electro. When we get her, it's going to be right. And you know what? Let's throw in some typhoid Mary while we're at it. We've just started. You have to outlive Kevin Feige. And you know he's got money to stay healthy. And you know he's like, sees a private like, coach in a private you know, like, like doctor. And you know he's got Marvel Disney money and he's staying healthy. Right. And he's, so, he's doing everything. He's eating okay, well. So stop, we have to outlive stop, him. Stop, stop obsessing about Kevin Feige. We have to outlive you, Kevin. So, so show develops, takes its time. He's not Daredevil until the end. And literally that last episode is actually called Daredevil. Yeah. He gets the costume, he gets the name, Yeah. and he gets the billy clubs. Yeah. And how fucking awesome. Down to the holster for them. Mm-hmm. You know, right out of the Right car. off the action figures Yeah. that we liked as kids and grown adults. I've got a, uh, yeah, I, I, the whole thing is no perfect. I want a little more red. I, you know, I don't want too much black in my suit. I don't want a little. Uh, I don't want Daredevil ninety nine two thousand ninety nine. I want Daredevil. I was but I got you. He's blind. Doesn't make a difference to him. And He's by like, the he way, didn't have polka dots he, on he, it. Even the, the artist's rendition, which you know, the goes, Alex goes back to the nineteen eighty nine Batman. It was awesome. You know, which is very funny, uh, guys. You know, but by the and again, and in the artist's rendition, it has the DD, you know, on it. Maybe they add it to it. Maybe they do. Let's maybe do they it. But, but honestly, guys, if you heard the, if you're listening to these words, you've watched all of Daredevil. Uh, go re- go rewatch it. Um, oh, it's in it's on another level. Um, Geekscape is. I'm gonna let you guys go, but be checking the site for our conversation with the Avengers that we did. Um, obviously, like that's your place. We're redesigning the site. You're getting a new site. Um, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode with Ian, aka the uh, mastermind. What do we call you? I don't know what you call me. The know it all, but know it all implies. I don't. An attitude. Uh, yeah, I'm not a know-it-all. I think you're, uh, I don't know, but you're one of our favorite, uh, you know, appreciators of all these things. And, you know, you do have quite the Rolodex of knowledge in your head for, for this stuff. So, obviously, if something like this happens, i got to come to you. And I think i got to see you again after Avengers. I hope so. I think Age of Ultron is going to have to be Age of Ian. I hope so. I think we got to do Avengers Ian of Ultron. We have to talk Ian of Ultron. I think we got to talk Ultron. Hopefully that whole. Thing, I mean, I mean, it's I, I, crazy. I, I'm not allowed to talk about you know the big things that happened in comics recently. Well, we have the weekly show, but okay. we can talk about that stuff. And you can come on the weekly show, but I warn you, the weekly show is under an hour. It may not satisfy the needs of you, Ian, world eater. You hunger, and it may not satisfy your hunger. You don't. You don't. You don't think that some of the big comic moments deserve a special show? Uh, I think at the end of Convergence and Battle, you know... You want to wait for the we, end? You don't yeah. want to do one in the beginning of uh, speculating? No, because I'm going to be at a huge loss on Convergence. I won't even be part of that conversation. Okay. I know so little about the DC stuff th- throughout the years, and I've read only such a, like a segment of the thing that like I get lost every time there's a big DC event. Convergence, I'm enjoying, but no, Ian. Either you write it up as a this-is-what-you-need-to-know-going-in article... Or we have to do a wrap-up where we let people know that now that DC is starting up their line again with yet another company-wide reintroduction, this is what you have to know going into it. I think that is where your powers will be best suited. Okay. But here you were great wrapping up Daredevil with me. 
I'm going to listen to this every day until I get a new Netflix series. <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't. But Age of Ultron. Every other day. Next. Yeah, every other day. Age of Ultron's next. Um, guys, go keep rewatching Daredevil. I think I'm going to go back and watch the one where he and the Russian are in the warehouse. Hmm. Rewatch that one because I fucking love that episode. Um, enjoy, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys. You know, one thing I want to say show. is yeah, go for it. T- tell people that are not fans. I mean, I have people that I know that weren't Daredevil great, fans. Yeah, or, or Daredevil, even comic yeah. book fans. Yeah, guys. The look, thing is, it's accessible. It's totally that's what, accessible. That's what's great. Is it's you know what? There are a lot of people that oh, Netflix has a new show. I want to watch it. Yeah, tell them watch it. Yeah, encourage or, them. I didn't it's, like the Avengers movie. Yeah, this is pretty. Doesn't different. matter. Yeah, yeah. I don't like matter. Shield. This is pretty different. Yeah, because we have friends who uh, well, I mean, don't I, like Shield, and right. they're losing out. And, and, and that's just it. They're, they're, they're kicking they're, themselves. There are people that love the MCU movies that don't watch Shield, but like, all right, I think they're all watching this and going, "Wow, this is incredible." But you could not like those and still love this. Absolutely. If you do like those, there's no way you're not going to love this. Yeah. Yep. It's its own thing, guys. But it's not its own thing. Different artists, different writers, same universe. Uh, enjoy your Daredevil. Let's, uh, I'll see you next time, Jay. Yeah? Yeah. And you know, we'll be emailing back and forth. I'll see you on Twitter. Geeks gave us much love. Hope you've enjoyed this.